0: Hello, welcome to episode party the podcast where we talk about our favourite podcasts. I'm Jack Tudor, and I'm here with Freddie Harrison as always. Freddie, hello. Hello. And our guest this time is Colin Wright, who is a podcaster, author, and traveller currently in Memphis. Are you still in Memphis, Colin?
1: Right now, I am in Memphis, Tennessee, yeah.
0: Wonderful. So, as always, we've brought three recommendations, a recommendation each of a podcast that we've been enjoying. We've swapped them and we've listened to them. And now we're going to have a chat about them. Um, Freddie, you're going to kick us off this week. Can you tell us a bit about your recommendation?
2: Yeah, I can. Um, So I've recommended what is a fairly new podcast to an extent, and it's called Rework. Um, And Rework is made by the people behind Basecamp, which is kind of project management, collaboration, communication software uh, that's designed for teams. And they are a company that has very kind of strong views and i guess strong morals and that kind of is reflected in their software but they're kind of not afraid to shout about it either and i'd argue that a lot of what we'd call marketing and they'd probably hate is is stuff that comes from the way they talk about what they believe in um i have a very dim view of kind of startup culture and silicon valley culture and stuff like that and they they have a blog called signal versus noise um which is based on media Ironically, they kind of write a lot about um, different issues. So, things like, you know, working too many hours um, or, you know, VC funding and bootstrapping and stuff like that. Um, and they, they have these kind of really strong opinions. And um, a lot of what's on this blog was part of a book and became part of a book um, called Rework, um, which, you know, as we've already mentioned, is the name of the podcast. So, this podcast. I guess, tries to kind of dismantle the book rework and kind of take bits of that book and turn them into kind of audio form and that's not to say that this is by any means an audiobook as such this is this is definitely an attempt at taking kind of the essence of each of the chapters in rework and each of the themes that it explores and the opinions that are expressed and um putting them in a in a form of a of a podcast and they they you know to their credit they they do extend it beyond just kind of parroting out um chapters from the book which would be terribly boring uh, audiobooks are great but i don't think that makes a podcast so they they find people who embody some of the views and opinions they have in the chapters and they talk to them so it's sometimes it's people within base camp the company and sometimes it's people outside of base camp as well and sometimes they talk to the founders of base camp who kind of wrote rework the, the book um, so base camp themselves actually had a, a previous podcast called the distance which i haven't listened to but i've heard very good things about and it's it is on the queue but i kind of wanted to To recommend Rework Not because I necessarily think It's the best podcast ever But more because There's some really interesting kind of Episodes and interesting themes and Discussion points that kind of emerge from it So the episode that I chose um and i could have really chose any of the ones that have been released so far because they all follow quite a similar format in that sense so there's nothing really remarkable about this episode in terms of its structure but the the episode i chose was one called workaholics aren't heroes and they have this idea that you know um which seems very sensible um but does kind of go against a lot of what happens in kind of startups and stuff like that where you know they say well being tired isn't a badge of honor Um, So, you know, working loads and loads of hours isn't necessarily a commendable thing. And, you know, it just it doesn't necessarily make for great work. And so in this episode, they try and unpack this idea and they speak to people who've been in that situation, who are no longer in that situation. They, you know, they speak to people within Basecamp themselves talking about the hours and how they work. Um, And they talk to a founder of a company who's also thinking about these things um, within the the company that she's creating herself and like i say i i don't necessarily think it's the best podcast i think it's it is interesting but i think it's one of those examples where you know there's nothing too flashy about what they've done this isn't your kind of like radio lab or an npr podcast or something like 99 invisible there's nothing too flashy about production we're talking conversations and interviews um, but i find the subject matter far more interesting than the production which is rare for me I think yeah. I you know I I value a really kind of intricately crafted story that's been cut together with music and all this kind of stuff and I think this is this is somewhat different so jack what what do you think
0: yeah so I listen to a lot of podcasts about working and Actually, I think you say that the substance is what draws you here, but what I think is interesting about this one is it's a, quite a stylistic podcast compared to other podcasts about work, which a lot of those mm. that I listen to are very utility-driven and very like, these are the top 10 tips you need to work harder, faster, blah, blah, blah. And um, I listen to you know a fair amount of those. I'm actually quite embarrassed about the amount I listen to those and i'm still not a working extraordinaire but it, this was interesting because it did have a certain stylistic thing going on it was it was more like a uh, a, a podcasty podcast when you said that it was based on the book i did have a, a different podcast in my head basically where i was going to be taught to essentially um and in, right. instead it was more exploratory than that which i thought was quite interesting what I did struggle with with the podcast is I felt like I enjoyed the topics that they were uh, heading into so I thought yeah. the uh you know the workaholics uh, idea I think is really interesting and I think that's a really good starting point to have some really interesting conversations I found and I've listened to a few episodes where the interview seemed to almost I think steer away from the central thrust of what I think could be the more interesting questions about the mechanics of i don't know pushing back against longer work hours there seemed to be quite a lot of occasions where the conversation got quite descriptive and i wanted them to press more on ideology mm. and find out more about really what can be done to you know to try and uh, counteract against against this or maybe the the other implications around working long hours and i th- thought the woman at the end who started the mindfulness business that was one for me where i was like well I think that, for me, has a, a utility beyond um, you know simply combating long work hours. That's also about uh, you know I, I guess workplace stress, and there's a lot of stuff that's wrapped up in mindfulness, which I thought made it maybe a bit too much of a tenuous link to the topic. I mean, that said, I I have kept listening, and I I do wonder whether, because I haven't read the book, I'm looking for the wrong thing in this podcast. Like, maybe because I have listened to those very much do A and B and you get C worky podcasts, that I'm going into this with a very, like, mundane, robotic, sort of functional um, request of the content, and being like, tell me what I need to do between 9 and 5. Bleep, bloop, bloop. (laughs) Which is, you know, maybe my mistake. But, um... Uh, you know, I'm going to stick with it. I listened to one actually that came out recently called Take a Stand, which actually um, yeah. I found quite interesting. They started with that flower business, which basically said they came up with a pop-up on their website where you had to basically say that you condemn white supremacy and racism before you can proceed into their website. And uh, there was also a really interesting conversation with the head of base camp. What's his name, Freddie? I've listened to a podcast with him. It's, his initials are DHH. Um, yes, yes. Yeah, so that'll do. Uh, and he David Heinemeyer <laughs> Hansen. Yeah, yeah okay. nice job. Um, they stopped using Uber. <laughs> and he had a really in- interesting discussion about how they implemented halting uh, the use of Uber basically across the company because they felt morally opposed to it. And I thought, really, that was getting into the guts of what I wanted to hear. How is this stuff manifesting in the workplace? So... Maybe it's just finding its feet, but if it is, uh, I was going to say the wheels are starting to turn, but that's two metaphors that don't align. But basically, I feel like that I'm going to keep <laughs> listening because I feel like it's, it's on its way somewhere um, where it could become a podcast that I quite enjoy. But at the moment, it just felt a bit, I don't know, multi-directional and not really sure where it wants to go but yeah
2: jack i think you you raise a really good point which is that had take a stand how um been released sooner that would have been my recommendation because i was listening Mm. to that one i think yesterday and i just thought it felt so much more purposeful than than some of the others um totally i think a lot of it is about kind of um finding parts of it you enjoy and i think i enjoy the kind of the overarching opinion but i you yeah like you say you've out a really interesting perhaps missing point perhaps deliberately missing point which is that point of uh you know here's how you take action or here's the practical thing that you can learn from this yeah um colin what did did you think
1: i i agree largely with what you guys said i i'm a big fan of of this company's work Mm -hmm. and their ideology and their concepts like right sizing your business not needing to scale infinitely in order to be successful and Uh, Being able to create a business for the sake of doing things that you actually care about rather than just earning back an increasing amount of revenue for the shareholders, whoever those shareholders happen to be. It did seem like a bit of a missed opportunity because they did something that I liked that they did was that they allowed people to talk rather than. Cutting them off and taking away all the blank spaces. Hmm. Like the radio labification of certain podcasts is great, hmm. it's fun, it's fast paced, but you also feel like you never get very deep into certain topics because they just give you the little snippet that carries the story forward. Whereas with this, they let them talk, but then, as you said, they didn't quite get to the core of the issue despite talking longer, which yeah. was a little bit disappointing, uh, unfortunately. But but it does have potential. I'd really like to see them go further. And I'm going to listen to a few other episodes, I think, to see if uh, if that model, that kind of Gladwellian style of, of showing and proving points with case studies, I, I think that has a lot of potential. It They just maybe haven't directed the conversation in the right direction so far.
2: I completely agree in that sense. I think it feels like you know I, I kind of prefaced at the beginning saying this is a fairly new podcast and i'm just yeah i think i think you think you're both right and then it hasn't a hundred percent hit its stride yet maybe but it's it seems to be getting better and if the last episode was anything to go by it's definitely getting better so uh yeah very excited yeah. about it
0: it's it's like it's interesting isn't it because i think the hosts as well i i think with these conversations where they are allowed to speak more and obviously, there's so many long form podcasts which you can use as a point of comparison. Like, I'm so attuned now, I feel, into what makes a great sustainer of a conversation from the side of an interviewer. And you think people as um, far flung as like Marin or Joe Rogan, they have their different styles, or Krista Tippett, you know, they have their different ways of penetrating what they want to get out of the conversation. And I think when you hear someone, I felt like basically they were very driven by the subject and almost the tail end of the answer that they were getting and they were allowing that to be the thread by which the conversation was driven rather than having this uh, agenda that which ran through us like the central rails upon which the conversation was set so yeah interesting (laughs) but yeah I I think it's definitely something where that kind of I mean you know they're not a podcasting company are they i mean you say they've had a podcast before but maybe this is what we're hearing is a podcast materializing itself in real time which is yeah interesting right well that's that one um <laughs> 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 we've never said that colin uh, i would love to hear uh, your recommendation tell us a little bit about it and why you like it
1: sure well On the Media is definitely not a small niche podcast that no one's heard of. It's (laughs) a pretty big WNYC, I believe, uh, network show. It's run by a couple of people, uh, Bob Garfield and Brooke Gladstone, who have been around for ages within this space. I, I think they're maybe early 60s. They're around the same age as like Terry Gross. So they came up in the same industry climate as a lot of that the heavy hitters within journalism today and on the media is essentially a couple of media gurus turning their attention toward the media looking inward and assessing that and analyzing that and in a lot of cases picking it apart and pointing out the bruises on the apple as it were they're they're taking a good long look at things and saying, hey, listen, people who don't know about media, here's what's happening. Here's why that's important. Here are some people that you should be paying attention to. Here are some relevant facets to this thing that's happening in the news that you might not understand why it's important. And so every single episode, more or less, I think is enjoyable and interesting and informative in some way. Some of them are shorter form and address a very specific issue, and they'll go on for maybe 10 or 15 minutes. Some of them are substantially longer than that, and they'll hit a lot of different angles. The, the one that I addressed in particular here, I think, was called You've Been Warned, and it's right. about a, a cluster of stories that happened all at once, um, kind of addressing different issues around what is happening legally within the journalistic space. And there's, I think, four or five different facets that they focus on in particular. One of them that they hit on at the end was about the Peter Thiel, Hulk Hogan story where they (laughs) sued Gawker out of existence, which was just this incredibly fascinating story, but most... News sources were carrying it or covering it as a bit of a gossip story. Like right. look at these colorful characters. Here's like the crazy <laughs> libertarian dude who wants to build a seastead, he wants to build a city out on the water where everything's legal and there's no taxes, and then there's Hulk Hogan, which some of you might remember from the <laughs> 80s and 90s, uh, he was a crazy wrestler guy, and then there's Gawker, who everybody kind of hates, and probably justifiably so because of the type of stuff that they put out yeah. in their their publication. But here's why it's important, and here's why, even if you hate Gawker, this this is something that you should be concerned about. their ability to go deep with that and their ability actually as interviewers to draw people out and to let them talk when they need to, but then to call them on their BS as well. Mm. And every once in a while they will uh, put out an episode, which is just the incredibly hard kind of combative interviews that they've done. They'll put those together into a series and publish them as an episode. So you can see them be total hard asses against these people who <laughs> felt like, I think we're going to come on this, this uh, podcast and have an easy go and get to tell their of the story but they totally get pulled out on <laughs> stuff that nobody else calls them out on so the fact that these people have been around long enough they really know what they're talking about they're very savvy about expressing why these things are important and relevant but they're also not afraid to really dig in they do not pull punches when something is obviously being obfuscated
0: freddie what
2: do you reckon as you said at the beginning comments it's it's not by any means a niche podcast but i think um yeah, I'm I'm always surprised at how few people know about on the media. And it's one that I've dipped in and out of since really since I started getting into podcasts a few years ago. And uh, Jack and I both trained as journalists. That's what we did our university degrees in. So we have a kind of degree of interest in the inner workings of the media and how it how outside issues or newsworthy issues have an effect on how the media functions or, you know, what the future of the media could look like. So this in that sense, seems to be you know a perfect fit for for both of us, um, and yeah, like I say, I've I've dipped in and out of it for years now. I, I can't attest to always listening to on the media um, because I think um, it can be pretty heavy going. Um, but in those times, especially when you know there's a lot going on in the world that's particularly. Um, you know, especially at the moment when there's there's a there's talk about kind of like you know the post truth era and all these kind of things. I think <laughs> I think a podcast like this is is, <laughs> is a brilliant thing to have around because they're very good at unpacking things like this and and getting into issues that you know you, you described it perfectly, of with the whole Hulk Hogan Peter Thiel um Gawker thing, where the story's portrayed as one thing and we're being told a story in a particular way, but actually when you look at it from the complete opposite angle or from the inside out or look at it from the perspective of people who understand how the media works the story is actually very different and has greater implications so in that sense it it feels like a bit of a kind of a a guiding hand through what is a potentially confusing time um, for people who are in the media and also people who who consume the media as well what i really liked about this episode apart from the fact that it had four very very interesting um segments was that it it jarred me at first because brooke gladstone's not in it um she's not in this episode and that confused me because it's usually her voice that kind of signals in my head that i'm listening to on the media and that's kind of a Mm. testament to her personality and i always kind of forget a little bit about that um and you know bob garfield's just as just as distinctive and interesting but i always feel like i associate weirdly on the media with brooke gladstone but i yeah i I find it i find it a brilliantly kind of like comforting podcast in a weird way because i always feel more informed for having listened to it than when i started and and, you know, some of the issues I'll be kind of familiar with. And then there are other issues that I, I, I just don't have any idea about. So, um, you know, I always feel a little bit more informed and a, and a little more clear on, on what's going on in these kind of crazy times we live in. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I mean, I'm a, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, I'm a fan.
1: <laughs> that's saying. Yeah, exactly. Very crazy times.
2: Come, exactly. come to the U.S. and <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Um. Jack, what what did you think?
0: Yeah, um, I mean, I think it speaks to my ineptitude as a, a news journalist from the age of 18 when we started that course that I, I mean, I, I quickly found out I was rubbish at news journalism. And I hadn't heard of On The Media up until this point, which feels ridiculous. But um, I'm so glad that you pointed it in my direction because this is the kind of podcast that I really want to be listening to. I think what's really interesting with these podcasts, which focus on news events, is that they very quickly often lose pertinence and you have to listen to them at the time and Mm. they're built around a kind of speculation which drains away after a day or two because they get overturned but i think what's really interesting about on the media is that there's a um, real longevity to the topics that it chooses to talk about and the way that it approaches them i think they do really well in picking stuff which i think goes so deep that the implications aren't stuff that's just going to be uprooted within the space of a couple of days. Um, And I think, as you've both said, the expertise of the two people involved in doing this, I think, is the driver of that. I mean, they are amazing. I love the fact that Bob Garfield, I mean, I, I don't know if those interviews are edited, but once he's basically got the information he came to get from the interview, he just says, thanks. And the conversation ends abruptly. <laughs> it's just like, he's just like, yeah, done. And, and there's a real professionalism about that where he doesn't, he, it lacks the graces. But I think it's because he's so focused on getting the information that he sets out to get. And I really, really enjoyed that. Uh, Colin, I'm interested. How long have you been listening to the show? Because I understand it's undergone a few format changes over the years as well.
1: Yeah. And every once in a while, they'll mix in new formats. They'll try out longer form journalistic investigations. They'll do crossovers with with other podcasts from time to time. They did recently, just in the last few months, I think, they did a series on poverty. Within the US where they had kind of a a wandering journalist doing individual stories in in parts of rural United States that then they mixed in and reported on somewhat in the same way but a slightly different topic and narrative style as well. So yeah the the story changes or the format changes have been a little bit jarring from time to time Hmm. but it's also kind of nice because as you mentioned it does keep elements of it timeless regardless of which format they use and they'll even do periodic things like the... um, Breaking news consumers handbooks for different types of things for shootings for stories Mm. on drugs for um, floods and other other devastation uh, natural events things like that that tell you the fundamentals that you need to know in a particular circumstance and so mixing those in with the format where they just bring in uh, a collection of four different people to cover four different topics and interview them it is kind of nice to get that balance i think
0: yeah absolutely i mean because i listened to another one actually which is fresher in my mind where they spoke about the star spangled banner Um, I don't know if you've heard this one, either of you, but basically it was um, on the back of the NFL players' protests and the discussion Mm. which has, uh, you know, arisen since. And basically it got in a musicologist, which hearing you talk about the way that they've experimented with different formats, I mean, I'm sure this isn't, you know, completely new within the canon of what they've done already, but compared to the episode even that you recommended, this seemed like a very, almost like a pocket size, 99% invisible, like what's all this about kind of thing and and, and diving into the history of um, the Star Spangled Banner in a way which basically came to the um, conclusion, I suppose, that the song has been something which has been a vehicle for reflection upon national identity and for protest long before the NFL players um, ever took their stand, which for me was so illuminating um, and something which I think has completely shaped my perception of that story. And so I think this podcast is... Is great, and I'm going to keep listening to it. I'm glad as well that there's a global focus. You know, sometimes, like, we have the BBC, we have The Guardian over here, uh, and beyond that, anything really that I think is... There's probably stuff that I'm not thinking of, but a large majority of the podcasts, which I think do really penetrative um, news journalism, are US-centric podcasts and therefore have a US-centric um, thrust to their focus. But there's a lot in here that right. I found really interesting from a global perspective. That one I listened to just the other day had a, you know about the Catalan re- referendum in it. And a, again, a really interesting perspective. So yeah, this is awesome. I'm going to keep listening to it. And um, hopefully I'll feel more adept in my acquaintance with new journalism later down the line
2: (laughs) jack you're up um tell us about reasonably sound
0: yes so this is a podcast which as i mentioned when i recommended it to you guys has really stopped which is a shame because they started the last podcast is 2017 mission statement and um, and, um, it's just taken a long <laughs> while to come to fruition, I think <laughs> um, but yeah, I really enjoy this podcast so i I think I've mentioned on the show before i I do writing about sound, so I spend a lot of my time trying to articulate things that I hear within the realms of experimental music and sound art, and I have a lot of fun with that and what i like about reasonably sound which i should say is a uh, podcast about sound by a chap called mike Rugnetta. Um, and he takes a different idea within sound each time and and uh, talks about it in a way which i guess is partly informational and part sort of word pontification on the subject i i feel a real kinship with this podcast for the way it gets very tangled up in its subject in a really wonderful way and i think allows itself to bathe in the uh contradictions of trying to articulate sound and allows itself to stumble and fall over which um you know i do on a regular basis both in real life and in words but it's just a a really i think he he's kind of a as a host i i find mike almost bordering on irritating but in a way (laughs) (laughs) again i think i see a lot of myself in that um so the episode that I recommended to you guys was about Taylor Swift's release of eight seconds of white noise, which I say Taylor Swift's release. Clearly there was a glitch when the track was being put up. This piece called uh, track three, I think it was, came out eight seconds yeah. of uh, white noise, and that's all it was. And the, episode starts with Mike describing white noise as this, basically it's where sound or, or an equal number of force is applied to all of the audible frequencies across the sonic spectrum. And then he uses that as a launching pad for these silly metaphors and likenesses um, around say like a printing press where you have every conceivable character in every conceivable position. Uh, and then goes, oh, wait, but that wouldn't work because of this, or we haven't considered this. And it just gets wrapped up, I think, in the limitations of its own poetic language, um, in the limitations of sound. And I think there's a thing where you come to the other side and you're like, great, what have I learned? But also at the same time, I think um, there's just a wonderful journey along the way <laughs> where you uh, you know, are hearing <laughs> someone basically in an outpouring at their love for sound. So I would love to hear what you guys think of it. Um, Freddie, what do you reckon?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I'm really glad that you um, mentioned your own writings (laughs) in the music space at the (laughs) beginning here, Jack. Any opportunity. Because, like, I, I mean... Yeah, well, I, I think that it kind of like this, this, this podcast at some points just felt like it was you speaking, um, <laughs> oh, which God. is, which is, which is lovely. <laughs> no, it, it, it's a good thing. It, it, you know, I think just the way that this guy can bring up a metaphor and, you know, paint an image with words about, about sound, it's, it's masterful. It's, it's really, really interesting. Like it's funny and um it was a joy to listen to in that sense i mean i think you're 100% right whether you can get kind of like 10 minutes into him going on a you know a metaphor that uh, t- you know explains white noise um as baseball and uh, you kind of think well I'm, i don't know what i'm learning anymore here but there's something really lovely about the way it's described that, you know, you just don't care that you're not learning. There's something really nice just to listen to the way that someone could string a sentence together in the way that um, I'm clearly struggling to do this evening. Um, but you know, it, it did. It reminded me. It reminded me of your book, Jack, um, which, you know, I won't say anything else about. But if people want to go find it. Um but you know, it reminded me of your book, and 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 it reminded me of the uh, of your writing and the way you write about music. So I, I thought, you know, I can understand why you are a fan of the podcast. I find the the I mean <laughs> narcissism basically. <laughs> well, you know, maybe. But I I, I found like the um, the subjects of the episode this eight second white noise track by Taylor Swift just hilarious as a thing. I mean, I I was aware of it. But I got more detail on it this time round. I think you know the funniest thing was that for a while it went number one in Canada, which I thought was brilliant. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but but I, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed it, and I, I, I have to confess I haven't yet listened to any other episodes of Reasonably Sound. But it's one of those ones where. I know I'm going to because I just found the whole way the whole thing was constructed. The relative brevity of the podcast was was brilliant. Hmm. Um, and I just, I just found it so entertaining and so interesting to listen to. And yeah, I think you, you hit the nail on the head when you say, you know, in some ways you don't feel like you've learned anything. But in some ways you do. And in some ways it just doesn't matter. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm... Uh, I'm a big fan in that in that respect. Yay. Yeah, I I agree. Do you agree, Jack? That that there's um, was was that something that attracted you to it when you were kind of like, hey, this this guy talks about music the way I talk about music?
0: Oh, totally. I, uh, so, you know, I'm I think a, a very self-deprecating writer in that um, I like to exploit the inadequacies in trying to address the articulation of sound. So. It's really nice to hear someone doing that, because I do think if you skim the music media, a lot of it, I think, is um, executed with the authority of people who know what they're talking about, which is great, and that's got its place 100%, but what I really like is the flip side of that, and someone just drowning in their ability to talk about something, almost to the point where they forget that they're supposed to also be holding someone else's interest. (laughs) And I I love almost, you know So I'm watching a lot of Twin Peaks at the moment And I think the point where it rolls off the lip of Making sense or really remembering what its point was Not in a rework way, but in like a a poetic way I think is, Mm. you know, uh, for me that is just It it gets me completely buzzed, frankly So yeah, that's totally why I wanted to talk about it But um, Colin, what did you think? I
1: I thought it was really refreshing. It was not at all what I expected it to be. Uh, Going into it, I was kind of thinking it would be like a uh, Song Exploder or 20,000 Hertz or something like that, Mm. where it is more... Uh, Directly educational and there is like a really fine point on everything. Here's the story Here's a sequence of things. This leads us to this new piece of knowledge that you take and now suddenly, you know Some obscure fact about something that happened and it kind of went in that direction sometimes Hmm. And then it just started waxing poetic and yeah Building things like building sandcastles and knocking them down and building sandcastles and knocking them down just for the sake of it And and I found myself about midway through thinking I should be kind of not enjoying this, but I, I'm kind of getting into it. <laughs> I, I like the rhythm of it. I, I, like you had mentioned, I, the fact that he just deals with the, his own inadequacy in terms of describing this and coming up with the right analogy, that is something I can totally understand with, with all different types of aesthetic experiences. And so the fact that he got into that and, and did kind of stop caring It seemed like almost like Mm. rather than being a designer where there's like a client who you're trying to express something to them and with them and it's this big relationship that's vital. It's more like art where nobody else matters. This is just you expressing what's inside and trying to convey it. If anybody else gets it great, if they don't, well, that's their fault. Uh, so, so that side of it was interesting (laughs) and I'm kind of, I'm compelled now to go listen to others, but I did, uh, I was disappointed when I went in there and saw that it hadn't been updated in a while. Like there's that commitment issue where if if there's not going to be any new ones, you know, that it's a finite relationship. And although that doesn't, necessarily mean that you won't enjoy the ones that are already there it it does kind of feel like oh my god now though if i really enjoy it i'm going to be totally disappointed after 10 or 20 episodes
0: yeah yeah there is that there are some really good other ones actually and again i think the good thing about sound is that um the archive is still relevant but yeah it i know exactly what you mean just knowing that the podcast has stopped um, reaching for some reason in podcasts as well. Reaching back just uh, it just doesn't seem as right as pushing forward, even though really it shouldn't matter. Um, yeah, yeah, it feels weird. Hmm. But um, there's one on the oh man. So there's one on the uh, sound in the Inception trailers. Um, right. I'm going to do it like a bit <laughs> off mic, but you know where it goes like bra like that that yeah, noise yeah yeah. Um, and you know, obviously, it's supposed to make you know fill you with apocalyptic dread. Uh, it's all about the birth of the Brahm and again it's kind of sets out with this thing where it's like, I'm going to deliver this sort of informational history and then as he goes back in the past to try and find the origin of the Brahm, he comes up with some potential candidates where you're like I don't know Mike, Like I'm not sure about this but then you hear him out and he justifies himself in a way which you don't necessarily buy it, but You love hearing someone trying to battle with it and, in fact, probably reaching further than they should. You couldn't get away with it on a podcast which was supposed to be informational. You know, as long as you're accepting of the fact that you're okay with not learning anything, like, it's just really interesting to hear (laughs) someone battling with it. And, in fact, I mean, Colin, I wanted to draw something of a parallel in the sense that, I mean, I've been listening to a lot of your podcast, Let's Know Things, and what I have really begun to enjoy and did almost jar me to begin with but I've really got into the swing of it is um, the fact that the podcast as well does reach beyond the subject matter upon which it first begins and then you come out the other side and you may be in a completely different area of the discussion and, and on a completely different topic. Is that something that you enjoy doing and is it something that you often think about as like a Oh, uh, have I gone too far here or is there like a limit to which I can take this, do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I I sometimes worry that I'll push my audience too far and go off on a tangent. That's a little
0: bit too crazy.
1: Um, hasn't happened yet. Thankfully they are just as crazy as me. It seems like, but it, I, I mean, to me that that's part of what makes podcasting so wonderful is that you can get really niche and, and really go in some interesting places. And it doesn't have to be a format that seems like something else. It doesn't have to be like that big concept format, like in the movie industry where the movie alien is just jaws in space. You don't have to be able to describe what you're doing. <laughs> in terms of something else. And so being able to do that, being able to represent as a show, the concept of, um, oh, what's the word? intertwingularity. It's this term that was coined by Ted Nelson way back in the day to basically represent that no knowledge is completely siloed and isolated from any other piece of knowledge. It's all connected if you look at it the right way. And so being able to express that concept that all of these things that we're looking at and learning are connected and why it's valuable to understand that. It, it requires going in some crazy directions, but then at the end of the day, hopefully you can recognize that root system that underpins all of these wildly diverse plants that we're seeing on the surface.
0: Yeah, there's a really, cause I listened to the Bitcoin one and I was almost like on edge. I think it was shortly after I watched <laughs> um, The Walk, um, which is about Philip Petit's tightrope walk across the Twin Towers. and. Um, there was just a moment where I was like, is this still on the wire? Like, And, and you kind of like, for the latter portion, it, there, there's these fleeting men- mentions of cryptocurrency which just reminded you that you are still walking in the same line, you know? But I, I, I find that really interesting to both absorb as information, but also just to try and trace the narrative journey that you're taking as you um almost take a scenic route around the edge and then arrive back on the path yeah. And hopefully you can always find your way back. I, yeah. That's the thing that I worry about is that I'll go a little bit too crazy,
1: take one too many blind turns. But uh, <laughs> uh, that's the in, intent, at least, is to show those connections and to do it in a way that's attainable and hopefully interesting. Uh, and then hopefully you walk away with some like hard factoid style things as well that kind of lock those, those connections into place in your brain. Uh, And then it's just a matter of then trying to do that in slightly different ways each and every time, depending on the topic that you're talking about
2: it just feels like something and and you both seem very qualified to talk about this but it seems like something that is a real mental exercise and in the sense that like, like any exercise you can only just get better at it over time and at the beginning it's a real effort and over time it becomes a more natural thing to make those connections and make those connections in more kind of disparate places i guess is that is that the case or am i just making that up
1: yeah no i think that's true i i think it is a um... The more you flex that muscle, the stronger it gets and the more natural it becomes to look for those connections and then to try to come up with ways to express them, I suppose. Like basically the crux of this, looking back, what, seventy two or 73 episodes ago. Like Uh it's been a little while since I started now, but looking back to the beginning, it was kind of just an excuse to talk about this stuff. Like I I was boring the life out of all of the people in my real world (laughs) life talking about this stuff continuously. And you know, they, they thankfully uh, did not give me up because of that, but I I knew I needed kind of a place to put this type of conversation that I wanted to have. Uh, and, And I think it's become more intelligible as a consequence of that. I've, I've gotten a little bit better at putting it together in, in digestible formats and knowing exactly who I'm trying to reach in terms of people who are just interested enough to give it a listen, but don't exactly know why they should care about any of these things. Like if you listen to an episode on Bitcoin, I want it to be accessible and interesting and and uh, comprehensible in the sense that you can take that chunk of knowledge and mix it and intermingle it with all of your other knowledge uh, by the end of the the episode even if you started out not knowing what cryptocurrency was and uh, being able to do that and doing that enough times and trying out different methods of doing that i think over time you find better things and worse things for different topics
0: yeah there was um the water rights one as well actually was really good for that and joining dots that i really hadn't contemplated contemplated enough um i mean actually i did listen to that while i was doing an incredibly long run and run out of water by the time i came to listen to it and was furious at myself for you know putting my playlist together so badly but um it, it almost had a um almost in the same way as on the media this um desire to reach beyond the surface level of what's being discussed which i found really interesting and in fact when i was running and i had headphones on i was it made me r- realize that obviously you're having to record this stuff wherever you may be and i'm sure that's probably <laughs> easier in some places and not others how i mean considering you know when me and freddie tried to record last week um and this is at my house we couldn't get a solid internet connection down how are you doing that like Wherever you are in the world, how are you making sure that you can record this this podcast
1: very carefully? It's <laughs>
0: I, I've come up with a bunch
1: of different hacks. Like I, my microphone decision was based on what can I get that will hear me really well and pick up the the correct tones, but also not pick up anything else in the room. And so I got a Rode Podcaster. It's something that. I don't have to use any additional equipment. I can just plug it right into the computer, and then I have to be like an inch away from the mic for it to pick me up. So you have to like make out with the microphone when you're using it. But <laughs> thankfully, it doesn't pick up a lot of dog barks or helicopter noises or anything like that. Uh, I learn the rhythm of my neighborhood so I know when people are coming and going, when there's more traffic, when there's more sirens, uh, when the neighbor who always slams their door is going to be in and out. So I, I record at very particular times of day. And then in some places too when I know, uh, I, I just gave a talk in Frankfurt a couple of weeks ago. So I know I'm taking this trip. I know I'm going to be gone for a week. It's going to interrupt my recording schedule. And so I'll just double up the week before. And so sometimes it's making the decision based on where I know I can record a clean episode and knowing that I cannot because of lack of electricity or lack of Wi-Fi or lack of just the ability to set up in a space that I know I can control to a certain degree then I have to adjust my schedule accordingly.
0: Yeah well well done for getting you know one of these out a week Um, and sometimes two by the sounds of it depending on your schedule that's mighty impressive considering the you know often upward of an hour in length.
1: Oh thanks yeah it's it's not easy to
0: put them together but but it is so much fun like that's
1: I mean I think anything like this you guys know anytime you're putting together something that requires the type of effort that goes into a podcast uh, in addition to whatever professional or monetary or whatever benefits it's got to be a labor of love otherwise you wouldn't be doing it
0: Absolutely, right.
2: sure well jack we, we've gone from like the i think well, you know the, the arc of podcasts this evening was very well ordered by you in the sense that we've gone from something that's incredibly straightforward to we gradually just got more and more complex <laughs> the entire way through um but i really love that in a way so it's it's been uh it's been really good Colin, um we've spoken a lot about your podcast um if people are interested and haven't heard it already where can they go to find it
1: uh, wherever they get their podcast, just look up Let's Know Things. You uh, can also go to letsknowthings.com and find streaming episodes and all the, the copious show notes there. Uh, and then it's just it's pretty easy to reach out to me everywhere. At Colin is my name.
2: That was you just preempted my uh, second question, so that's perfect. Um, thank you very much. We are at episode underscore party on Twitter. We are www.episode.party on the internet. Um, you can find us on all of your favorite podcast apps, as you already have done, because you're already listening. So um, that was really irrelevant. No, they could but be listening thanks. online. Y- you've got a really good point. If you're listening online and not on a podcast app, <laughs> you can find us. <laughs> Colin, thank you very much again. It's been a pleasure. Oh, thank you for having me. This was great. Um, thanks, Jack. As ever, I've, now I'm now going to start thanking you every episode. <laughs> no, no, as well. thank I you, did it last Freddie. Time. I'm going to do it this time. No, that's kind uh, of you. Thank you're too you. Kind. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be back again very soon. Thanks very much. Goodbye. Bye. Hey everyone, Freddy here. If you're enjoying Episode Party, please head over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. It means a lot to us and it really helps us out. Thanks.